I, um, I got an equation. I, uh, I, I, I have an equation that I used to use quite often. My equation has changed over time, but um, my, my equation was, was, was pretty successful. I had an equation that I would use to almost get whatever I wanted from my parents. I would first go to grandma, my grandma, all my friends got the new shoes, and I just, I, I just, you know, my little pinky toe sliding out the side of this one, but you know, grandma, if you, if you could just somehow help me, so I would plant that little seed in her ear, then I would, then I would come to my mom and dad, like, well, you know, like, grandma always tries to look out for me, and you know, like, like. If y'all wanted to, you know, help out, you would relieve some of this stress as a third grader that doesn't have a new Jordans, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I, this, this is a little need I have. And so I would, I would start by trying to, like, work the angle here, work the angle there. And before I knew it, Super Nintendo. Before I knew it, Double Dribble. Before I knew it, Starter Jacket. Before I knew it, this little formula would help me get just about whatever I want. I'm, I'm going to be honest. We, we, we lived in the hood of East Cleveland when I was growing up, but my grandmother spoiled me. I, I, was, I was a spoiled dude, and, and, and sooner or later, I would get just about, just about whatever I asked for. I, I fast forward that to, to being a, a grown adult, and, and I would probably say my wife knows when I'm about to ask her for something. She come home, house clean, kids hair cut, all the hair done, everybody teeth brushed today, you know what I'm saying? Cleaned out her car, organized everything, cooked dinner. Oh, you know if I cook dinner, I'm about to ask for something. You, you, you got it too. You, you got a formula. You got a, a sense of order. You got some things that you think of will help increase your chances of getting whatever you're going to ask for. In this gospel message that we've been in, John 15, God gives us a little bit of an equation, a little bit of a formula to get whatever you ask for. Turn with me to John 15, and if you don't have a Bible, we're going to be actually doing some Bible turning today, so please raise your hand, and my brother Herb will bring you a Bible from over here, or, or go to your phones, scroll it. Uh, we're going to John chapter 15, and uh, if someone who has one of the white Bibles in here, when you get there, could you tell me what page that is? I just want to share that with everyone so that we're all on the, same, on the same page. 586 is the page we're looking for, and that's John chapter 15. We have been looking at this beautiful scripture, and it helps us understand what it means to abide in Christ. There's this relationship, a relationship of dependency that exists, one where uh, Christians depend on Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ tells this parable. He, he helps them to understand. He uses a concept that everyone in that era would have gotten. It's like if I said something like, hey, you know how important the big three is in Detroit? 
If I say that, everybody knows what the big three is. You know the context. You know their influence. Well, he says something from an agrarian culture, from a culture where, where growing things happens often, a culture where wine flows often, a culture where even the idea of a vine is somehow connected to the worship environment. I mean, this vine concept the people get. And so he says something clearly. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Let's define this relationship. In doing so, he says, God the Father is the gardener that comes along and prunes. And though pruning might feel a little tough, trust me, it's for your good. It's so that you can flourish. But apart from me, you can't do anything. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so there's this intimate connection of us with Jesus. And that's the the, the recap of verses 1 through 6. But if I could have you jump in with me, we're going to just take two verses down today. Verses 7 and 8. So we're in chapter 15 of John, verses 7 and 8. And it says this, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so you prove to be my disciples. Remember, there is an end goal, right? The end goal is that that you would reflect, that you would look like that we would all have all types of fruit coming out of us because that fruit shows the connection with Jesus. So being fruitful is the end goal, but there's some ways that fruitfulness can be experienced. Some ways that, that, that he calls us to abide in him. I, um, I, I love to swim with my family. I love swimming. I love the water. I love diving in. It's something about being able to kick it on top. And then if you want to, going on down underneath. And then it's just like, you know, your whole just gravity just feels different. You know, it's just like I'm in another world. And I love swimming. But the thing that I hate most, probably more than peanut butter, which is like my number one, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's up there. Probably is when you got to get into a lake or a pool and it's freezing cold. My little son came up to me. My little son is, is nine. He came up to me and gave me a pep talk. Now, Dad, look, we just going to jump in, Dad, because I know if you put your little baby toe in, if you just put your foot in, you sit on the edge for a while. You miss out on all the playing, all the fun that we're going to do. And, and he's right. For what I hate, I can just kind of sit there and let my, my leg hang on the side for a while instead of diving fully in. In this John chapter 15 verse, Jesus is cautioning the believer and saying, no, I want you fully immersed. I want you fully submerged. I want you to dive fully in and anything less. You're producing nothing. You're missing out on the potential for the full experience. You're just sitting by the wayside. 
And so he's saying, abide in me, be fully in me, be fully connected, dwell, be immersed. Then he says, if you abide in me, verse 7, he says, and my words abide in you. Here, hear these Hear these scriptures, just three of probably 60 that I could bring up. Hear these scriptures that just help us phrase and, and put in the proper mindset the word of God, God's word, the Bible, these words. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a lamp to my path, says the psalmist in 119. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him says the psalmist in, in Psalm 18. Jesus says in Matthew 7, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man whose house is built on the rock. Whose house is built on the rock. You see this importance of Scripture, this strength of Scripture, this truth of Scripture, this foundation of God's word. But I'm a, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. I, I, um, I, I, I can't stand, uh, that came off a little too strong. Pastors can't say I can't stand. Um, I strongly don't like when people smack. You know, they eating food. The food is real good. They enjoying the food so much that they let the whole room know us going on when they when they eating you know what I'm saying and, and, I, and I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because though I it gets on my nerves when people do that I really like beverages and uh, when it's like a, a a milkshake or a nice juice I like to I like, the, I like the smack. Just, it, it makes the flavor just a little bit more pungent. It like makes it a little bit more, more enjoyable. And my wife will be like, mm. <laughs> you smack it again. <laughs> Family, what, 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 what God is longing for is that, is that we would be like, like, like the person smacking. He would be like the person who enjoys a fine wine and they swirl it around and they put it in their mouth and they, they absorb all the flavors before they just wash it down. God wants us to treat his word in the same way that we would meditate on it. We don't just read past the scripture and we move on, but we actually let our minds consider it from this angle. What did it mean for the people who God was writing to? What does it mean for me? Why did I view it like this? Lord, how can I understand it deeper? That we would wrestle with God's word, that God's word would not simply be something that exists in a book somewhere else, something we can scroll through really quickly, but something that we would meditate on, salivate, experience the fullness of what God has to offer with it. So some, some, some might feel a little, little stressed. Pastor, you saying I got to read the whole Bible? No. I mean, well, yes, that would be good. But, but, but what I'm saying is sometimes it, it can be simply one word, and that one word of God's truth can actually show itself being in you because of the depths by which you wrestle with it. 
college, my whole worldview was rocked because of one word, sin. I thought that as long as I wasn't as bad as you or as bad as you or as bad as you, my world was a good world. You didn't have to ask me twice to help somebody out. I volunteered. If somebody was coming up short with ends, here, I've got some money, I'll help. See, my world was built around me being good. God said, all falls short of the glory of God. All who? All how? All why? See, when you meditate, it's not how much scripture you cover. It's not how much you've read. Sometimes it's how deep you're willing to go with what you have. See, that's some of the evidence of God's word being in you, that, that not simply did you get through the Bible study, but did the Bible study get into you? He says, if you abide in me, but my word abides in you. So if you have those two first, you got a good formula. If the first step of your formula is that now you feel connected to Christ and now in Christ you begin to wrestle with his word and you feel his word in you, you got the beginning of a good, a good formula. Because when you start to wrestle with his word, you begin to have similar vernacular. I'm curious to know, and, and, and y'all are present here, and I'm, 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 I want some help, and y'all that are newer, like, do pastors, like, can they, can they ask that during this time? But we're a family. We, like, we actually want to grow. We actually want to engage. So please, like, I, I welcome your answers. Um, um, when you think of, say, a chef, what's three words that you might hear a chef use? Three words that a chef might use. Spice, hot, savory. All right, all right. Anybody else? Anybody else? Y'all don't. Yeah, we don't know no chefs. Sorry, chefs. We don't know y'all. You know. Um, uh, give Give me a a, a a a contractor. What's three words a contractor might use? Measurement. Money, give me, hey, 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 you better come on with this payment. Tools, Ser sermon, hermit. Hermit? Hermit. hermit, oh, a permit, yeah, that's probably better than a hermit, yeah. <laughs> you know, last one, a doctor, some terms a doctor might use, stethoscope. Surgery, dedication, medication too. Yeah, that way. <laughs> Amen. You see, when, when you begin to start thinking, and, and if you just even look at your own life, during certain fields, in certain roles, there's certain language. There's certain terms that are used. What's three words that a Christian would use? Hallelujah. Jesus. 
Amen. Love, glory, service, honor, mercy, grace, patience. You see, when, when you are connected to Christ and now the word dwells in you, before you know it, your language starts changing. You become different because of what you're associated with and because of who you are. You're now a child of the king. So you speak like a child of the king. And so if you are curious of how to get whatever, whatever you want from the Lord, first abide in him. And allow his word to abide in you. And as you do that, your words will begin to change and look like his. So now you've got a formula because you and I both know that to say something like get whatever you wish, I mean, could that really mean get whatever you wish? Could, could, it, could it really be that easy that any Christian could just say, hey, whatever I want and God's going to come down and bless it? We, we, we know that that's not true, right? We know that, that even a, an earthly father wouldn't abide by those types of rules. Because all of our desires and asks and wishes are not healthy, are not God-honoring. But when we begin to draw near to him, allow his word to dwell in us, and we begin to change our language, now our language begins to line up with his will. And so I'm going to ask you if you can now flip with me and somebody tell me what, what page is Psalm 100 on? Because we're going to Psalm 100. Because I want to give you an example of what it looks like, or a couple examples of what it looks like to allow the Word of God to influence your request and your prayers. Because don't get it twisted, this is a a, an intimate communication with God, a.k.a. a prayer. When you, when you ask God for something, you're praying. When you are coming to him with whatever is on upon your heart, you're praying. And so, Lord, how do I get, how do I ask you for these things? Here's a clear way to do so. Psalm 100. Psalm 100, what page is that, Somebody? 321 in the White Bible, 321. Some people at home are like, y'all got white Bibles? Look, uh, it's like this, <laughs> white and blue. <laughs> Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Into his gates with thanksgiving and his course with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So how do you get what you want? We, we begin to align with what Scripture says. So begin to pray Scripture. Simply put, you could say a prayer, Lord, today I don't feel joyful, but I want to make a noise that's joyful to you because I realize you have created all the earth. Someday 
allow me being down, my depression, my situation to be bigger than who you are. But I want to serve you with gladness. Help me, Lord. It says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. Lord, instead of acting like I'm yours, I act like I'm in control. I'm asking for you to help me be reminded that I was created by you for your glory so that the world can see the fruit that you've planted in me. You see how the scripture itself begins to help us ask what we need and what you need is not a new pair of shoes, Leon. Not a new car. It's not a new, new, new steaks for the grill. Don't get me wrong. God is, wants you to bring everything to him. But in this specific situation, God was speaking to his apostles who were going to go on to make the church. And the question we all have to wrestle with is, is the request kingdom? Not would the request be good for me. It would. But how can the answering of this request advance God's kingdom? Look with me in Galatians chapter 2. I'm going to do one more, y'all. Galatians chapter 2. And we're just going to read three quick verses. That will set the tone for the environment so you can get it, you can understand. Galatians chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 11. Somebody get there, tell me what page that is. Galatians chapter 2, 631. Galatians chapter 2, 631 is the page. That, ooh, wait, you're going to think I'm saying verse 631. Page 631, Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 says this. It says, when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Pastor, what's going on here? Listen, basically, there's a crew of people. Cephas is our brother Peter. He's kicking it with these people. And then some other people come, and now he's like, oh, I don't mess with them. He, he, he does something shady. He behaves one way with one group and then acts a different way with a different group. And Paul calls him out on it. No, man, that's, that's wrong. This is in the scriptures. Oftentimes, this scripture is used to help us understand the devastating effects of racism. But what you, what, what, what you need to do, though, is realize the importance of praying the scriptures. See, let, 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 it, let you pause for a minute and put yourself in the role of every person in this scripture. Let's start with Cephas. Let's start with Peter. Lord, I pray that I never get overwhelmed by fear where I begin to behave in a manner that doesn't bring you glory. You see, that's an ask that the Lord delights to show up in. 
Lord, never let me prefer one group over another group. But if you are Paul and you're showing up, Lord, if I see something unhealthy, let me be like Paul and let me be willing to speak up for the sake of other people. When wrong is wrong, give me the strength to do what's right, Lord. Don't forget Barnabas. Led astray. Lord, when other people are leading and they're leading in the wrong manner, would you give me the fortitude and the confidence not to follow unhealthy leadership? You see, the scriptures are filled. It may be a declaration of who God is, or it might be an actual situation where we see God moving. Either way, join your prayers with God's word, and he will begin to answer. Begin to answer. And so, it says it will be done for you. Continue with me in verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Tony Evans says it like this. He says, hey, in other words, prayers get answered when we maintain intimate fellowship with, the God, with God through his word. That's because you'll find your will aligning with his. The more we understand God's word, have it in us, and then begin to pray it, we will start to realize that those things that were maybe my highest priority begin to fall. And sometimes the thing that I long for and want the most, I begin to lay it at God's feet and say, God, I long and desire this thing, but I still trust you. Help me not just get that thing, but actually help me to trust you in the journey. Our Lord did it. Our Lord did it. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did it. He quoted scripture. He prayed Old Testament scriptures in the midst of a, of a challenging time, so it would seem. Jesus was on a 40-day fast. And Satan comes to try to take advantage of him. And he tempts Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know where he got that? Jesus got that from Exodus. All the way back to Exodus, chapter 8, verse 3. You see, in the midst of engaging with Satan, he quotes scripture. And in the midst of prayers, Jesus refers and quotes scripture. So if it was good enough for Christ, is it good enough for us? He set that model. Is it good enough for us? If you want to see whatever you ask for answered, align with God's will, cling closely to who he is and let his word 
abide in you. Family, will you join me in prayer? Lord, we know that uh, we don't simply want to be near. We don't want to simply be close. We want to be fully immersed, fully experiencing all that you would have for us. And so, Lord, we do want to ask you things. We do want help, Lord, in in allowing our desires, our hopes, and our dreams, Lord, to line up with your will. Help us in that. It's not always easy, Lord. Sometimes we feel like our desires are so different than what you long for. Help us submit. Help us trust even when we don't have clarity, Lord. Help us to trust you. Help us to abide in you. Your word abide in us richly. We are thankful for you continuing to answer prayers, Lord. But help our will to align with yours. It's in Jesus' name we pray. What is, what is God's will for you? One of the easiest answers to that question, not what career should I go into or who should I marry or how much money should I give towards this organization or where should I invest, but God's will for you, his desire is that you be saved. His desire is that you would come to know who he is. And if you are a person that has heard about the importance of abiding in him, but yet you've not chosen to do so yet, don't continue on the same path. Actually accept this invitation. It's an invitation to new life. It's an invitation to a new opportunity to experience the fullness of who God is. It is an invitation. You won't be forced. You won't be guilted. Though you may recognize some of the the wrongs that have happened, actually what he invites you to is so much right, so much joy, so much love, so much good for what he will do in you and through you as you look like Christ. We give you the opportunity today to say yes. Yes, Lord, I believe you died. Yes, Lord, I believe that I sinned and it hurt your heart. Yes, Lord, I believe in your death you broke the the sin, the bondage, the chain that that I was linked to. You broke that sinful connection and have allowed me to live and operate in freedom, and I want to say yes to that. If so, simply close your eyes and say yes. Lord, I submit to your way. Lead me, because I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, if you have believed that in your heart, if you didn't use the right words, but you knew that God was your all starting today, and we join you in celebrating the beauty of who God is and what he will do in you. And this church wants to walk with you as a family, and so we welcome you to the body of Christ.